herself with strength. She realized that with all that's in her, her area of responsibility, there's a lot there. And so she's a strong person. And, and I love that picture because I remember just being like, oh man, it's like, you know, if the Bible says that women are supposed to be the, this idea that I had, it was like, they're not strong. They need someone to save them. It's like, no, the biblical woman, the woe man is strong. She realized that whatever is her circumstances, it's going to take some strength. And she girds herself with In today's with message, strength. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through Proverbs 31 as we hear about what kind of woman reflects the heart of God. Generosity, strength, humility, there are so many characteristics described here. But one thing they all have in common is that they spring from a place of selflessness. Instead of focusing on inward things, this Proverbs 31 woman extends herself out into the world, seeing beyond her own needs and into others. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message entitled, Woe Man. See, one of the things that I always tell people when they're getting married is I always say, listen, It's not like all of a sudden you say, I do, and you become a trustworthy person. Trustworthiness is born every single day of your life. And on the day that you get married, you either come into that marriage as a trustworthy person or someone who you can't trust. So trustworthiness is really a character quality. And in this case, this woman's, this woe man, this Proverbs 31 woman, her husband safely trusts her because she's trustworthy. She's somebody who his heart is safe in her hands. We have to ask ourselves, are we trustworthy? Are we people who other people's hearts are safe in our hands? Notice, because her husband trusts her, it says that he will have no lack of gain. What a fascinating idea. That because she's trustworthy, he can focus on other things knowing that his bride has certain things taken care of. And this, we're going to speak about this a lot in regards to marriage because marriage is really a team. It's designed by God to be a team. And when a husband or a wife can trust their spouse and they know that their spouse has this stuff together, they can focus on other things. I think one of the things we have in our culture today is that We have this confusing of people getting things done, and it's almost like everybody has to do everything together as if that's the way God designed it. Like, everybody has to do this together. We have to do, if we have a good marriage, we do all these things together. It's like, well, no. Why would God want to waste our time if everybody's doing the same thing? Sure, you share time together. But when a spouse can trust their spouse, they can devote their attention to other things. And we find in this case, the husband of the wife. Now, again, this was before women worked outside of the home. He would never have a lack of gain. Her trustworthiness becomes profitability for their family. And I think in a culture like ours where men and women work outside the home, this becomes even more important. Because you end up having, if in a family, if everybody is trustworthy, then you can focus on other things rather than spending all your time trying to figure out how untrustworthy we are. Does that make sense? And I said she's trustworthy in doing good. I love this. 
She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. I like that. See, this is not like a one-time thing. See, it's really easy to be totally in love with somebody and treat them wonderfully when you're trying to marry them, right? It's like, oh, man, I'm going to marry you, and I'm, by, I'm writing you love letters. I'm writing you love songs. I can't sing, but you love the song because I wrote it for you, and I got you flowers and all this stuff, and then you get married, and guess what? It all stops. And you know why it stops? It's not because people get lazy. It's really easy to love the idea of somebody than to love a flawed person. And so this Proverbs 31 woman does good all the days of her life. It's not like I really love you when I love the idea of you and I think you're Prince Charming. Now it's, I do good by you. I know that you are Count Chocula or whatever. You know, like I know that you are not the nicest person sometimes. I know that when you're pre-coffee, I really don't think the world of you and you don't really think the world of anything at that point. See, I love this. See, doing good is not situation specific for a believer. We do good because God is good. And we do good to people who don't deserve it because the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus did good to us when we didn't deserve it. And a Proverbs 31 woman would say, I am going to do good by my husband all the days of our lives, even if he doesn't deserve it, and especially when he doesn't deserve it because God is good to me. And that goes both ways in the marriage. But in our message here, we're focusing on Proverbs 31 women, so we're there. So she is valuable and trustworthy in doing good. Now notice what it says next, verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. A portion for her maidservants, she considers a field and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard. Now, this is not the picture of a woman who isn't smart, who just stays at home, has babies, and makes oatmeal. That's not the picture here, right? See, what we learn in these verses is that this woman, she is industrious. She is a go-getter. She is looking at her life and the situations that she's in, and she's using all of her facilities and all of her faculties and everything she has, and she's industrious. Notice, she seeks wool and flax. Now, that doesn't sound all that exciting to us, because if you want clothes, you just go to the mall, right? Or you go online, you buy it. She's going out, and she's finding good materials, to do things with, wool and flax. She willingly works with her hands. Literally in the Hebrew, she's got eager hands. This is a woman who wants to get her hands into something. She's not the kind of woman who says, I just got a, a manicure. I just got a manicure, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Like, ew, don't want to touch that. That's not this woman. This is a woman, she might have nice fingernails and stuff, but she's getting into it. She's got eager hands. She wants to get at something for her family and for her life. It's beautiful. She willingly works with her hands. Verse 14, so much fun. She's like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. Now, listen, I know when you read that, half of you are going to go home. You're going to experiment on your family with some exotic food. Don't need jerk reaction to R&D because of this. Like someone tonight would be like, Pastor Daniel, my wife got me some sort of Cajun frog legs or something. It was nasty. 
right? The idea is that she is taking care of her family. She's like the merchant ships. I mean, it's not like she's like a foodie and stuff where it's like, oh, I had to put this perfect. It's not that. But the idea is that she's taking care. She's industrious. It's not just like I just threw a TV dinner in and good luck, bud. Right? It's not that. She is like a merchant ship. She's industrious. She's bringing her food in from afar. Look at verse 15. She rises wild as a night, and she prepares food for her household. See, she's prepared. She's thinking ahead. She realizes what's ahead of her. She has to, if she has to get up early, she gets up early. She's okay with it. She's industrious. She's ready to go. And in the middle of verse 15, all the women are like, well, that's why. And a portion for her maidservants. Every woman is like, well, I could get all that done if I had me some maidservants. Sure, I can go buy food from afar. There'd be all these people here. They got to clean that. You know, don't forget, before capitalism, people had home-based businesses. And somebody who was really wealthy, they had people who worked in their home. Instead of getting a job at like Macy's or whatever, you'd work for a guy who had a shop at his house and they made all the stuff and they worked in their home as well. That's the way the culture worked. So, but this is a woman who, for everybody who's under her care, she is thinking ahead, planning ahead. She knows what's going on. Super industrious, this woman is. And not only that, in verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. So this is a woman who is literally in the land. She's, she's in real estate. She's going out. She's buying a field. It's, this isn't a woman who's, I can't help myself and you have to do everything for me. This is a woman who's literally like, look, I think that's a good investment. I'm going to go buy that thing. The price of it's going to rise. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take the profit. I'm going to buy another piece of land and I'm going to plant a vineyard. She's got business savvy. This was like the original working girl before the original working girl was even a thing, even if I don't know if it's a thing. You know what I mean? It's like she's getting at the work of life. It's such a different picture. I literally thought before I was a Christian that the Bible said women should just be quiet and get married and just have babies. And that was their job. It's like, this is a different kind of person. Just the woman who's getting that. She's she's not racking up debt on her credit cards either. She's literally buying a field, turning a profit, planting a vineyard. She's making money for her family. Wow. She's industrious, right? What a powerful reality. Would to God that all of us would be industrious. Not maybe in the way this woman is. Everyone's unique. But the idea here is that she is using all that she has in front of her to further her family along and to further her life along. Now, from there, in verse 17, look at what it says. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hands to the poor. And yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So what do we learn here? That she is strong, she is generous, and she's prepared. She's strong, She's generous, and she's prepared. Look at the verses, verse 17. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Now, the idea of girding yourself, the the girding of yourself was the preparation you did for hard labor. 
And this is not, see, she girds herself with strength. She realized that with all that's in her, her area of responsibility, there's a lot there. And so she's a strong person. And, and I love that picture because I remember just being like, oh, man, it's like, you know, if the Bible says that women are supposed to be this, this idea that I had, it was like they're not strong. They need someone to save them. It's like, no, the biblical woman, the woe man is strong. She realized that whatever is her circumstances, it's going to take some strength. And she girds herself with God's strength. Remember we saw that? What was it last week? Well, we find what? Strength. If you missed it, you missed it. She's strong. Not only she girds herself with strength, she strengthens her arms. She's a fan of Jillian Michaels. No, I'm just kidding. This isn't really that she really likes, she working out the pumping the guns and stuff, you know what I mean? It, it could be that. The whole idea is this is a strong woman. This is not a passive person. This is not a person who's like, oh, I need you all to do for me. She's like, no, no, I'm getting strong. I'm a person who gets at life. She's strong. We, we see back again, she perceives that her merchandise is good. She, she's an industrious person. She realized that the stuff that she's put her hands to, she's good at what she does. She realizes that in the grants, she gets at it really well, right? It says that her lamp does not go out by night. And we'll get to that in a second. She stretches out her hand to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Now, that speaks of old school spinning, right? Which was a domestic activity where like before you'd go get all this stuff in the mall or whatever, you had to make everything at home. And so the, the distaff was the, was the straight arm and then the spindle was the, the circular thing. Now listen, I've never spun in my life. I don't do spinning. I have spun my wheels, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. You know what I mean? But it's like, this is a woman who gets at the activities that she's involved in. In the midst of all that, verse 20 comes in beautifully. And this is why I said, not only is she strong, but she's generous. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. See, the woe man, the, the Proverbs 31 woman isn't just somebody who takes care of her own stuff, but she literally looks out into the world. She's like, not only do I take care of my house, but I also take care of God's house, which is this globe and humanity. She sees beyond the needs of her family, and she can look out into the world and say, I can help here. I can help here. She's not just a self-centered person or even a family-centered person, but she's somebody who looks out into the world and says, there are great needs and I can help. You know, and, and what's amazing is if you look at women historically have been some of the greatest ministers as it relates to helping other people. Have you ever heard of the Catholic Workers Union? Dorothy Day, literally a, a woman a single woman said she was living in New York. She was looking at all the poverty around her. She says, we need to fix this. And she started organizing people together, and they started going out and helping people, all sorts of things. Because she was able, this woman, Dorothy, was able to look past her own stuff and look at the world and say, this is not good. And oftentimes, women with their compassionate hearts will see it long before a guy can see it. So... The whole thing, oh, yeah, all the ministry's for the boys to do, and the women need to take care of the home front. Uh, not really. Not really. This is a woman who sees what's going on in the world and functions generously. And not only is she generous, but 
she's also well prepared. We saw that her lamp doesn't go out by night, which means she has enough oil to make it through the night. She's well prepared. But then also in verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household. Why? For all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She's prepared. She's not scared by a weather report or a forecast because she's already taking care of it. See, because this woe man, this Proverbs 31 woman is industrious and she's smart and she's committed and she's all the way in, she's not worried about the what ifs could happen because she's already prepared for it. She's looked ahead, not just into the day, but she's looked ahead and she knows if snow's coming, we're fine. We got close. If I'm going to have to work all night for some reason, I already got oil. She's well prepared. She's got it going on. Now, don't miss the fact she makes for herself tapestry and her clothing is fine linen and purple. She's stylish as well. Purple was like the primo fabric color in that day. It was very hard to make. It was very, very expensive. So this is a woman who isn't like, yes, I'm a super godly woman and I look like I'm wearing a potato sack. This is a woman who's stylish. She's, she's got fine linen. She's well put together. It's an amazing picture, isn't it? You go through all this stuff, and I didn't get into it, but don't miss, for those of you ladies, there's a lot of spiritual gift of shopping in these verses. You realize that, right? <laughs> and so, like, it's not a bad thing. I always joke. I always say that my wife, Lynn, she's got the spiritual gift of shopping, and it's not because she's like a shop till you drop, run up the credit card kind of girl. But like, I'm a classic, I can't say a classic dude because guys today are like half feminine, you know, where it's like guys spend more time trying on jeans than their wives. That's just sad in my estimation. <laughs> and some of you guys are taking your wife's pants. Give them back to your wife. <laughs> and we're made for you anyway. I'm just being honest. I'm, listen, I don't know what's wrong with Man, boys today is a problem. So anyway, I'm the kind of guy, <laughs> I'm the kind of guy where if I walk into a store, if I need to go buy a shirt, the first thing that falls off the shelf and hits me in the face, I just buy it, right? Because it's like, I don't want to shop. Why would I want to shop, right? And praise God for the advent of the internet, because now I don't even have to go into the store. I can just go online. I can look at like two different places. If something, I'm like, that'll look good. Click buy. It shows up. Even if it doesn't fit, I wear it anyway, and you all know that's true. Right? And then every once in a while, because Lynn doesn't like the way I dress, she'll be like, I'll go buy you some clothes. I'm like, praise God. Because then I'll, I have the, the chance of looking nice, right? So, but Lynn, and you moms know what it's like, because it's like, you go, and you're like, man, I got to make sure my kid's got the right clothes on. I got to get this. And like, Lynn knows when it's time to go grocery shopping, I get this thing at here. I go this thing to Fred Myers. I go to the Trader Joe's for this. I get, can get this thing cheaper at Costco. And she saves us a ton of money because she has done the legwork. And so for sisters, listen, don't shop till you drop and don't go into debt. But be good stewards of what God has given you, amen? And you have all these verses here. But this woman, she's strong. She's generous. She's well prepared that nothing catches her off guard. And all the while, she's still put together decently. Now, look what it says in verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. And supports and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law 
of kindness. In these verses, we learn that this woman, this woe man, she is both joyful and she is wise. She is joyful and wise. These verses are amazing. Notice, it says that her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Now, the city gates was the place where the elders of the land gathered together. It was like the county seat. All the decisions for a community was made in the city gates. And what you find here is because this woman is following after the Lord and taking care of everything, we see that her husband is now elevated to a place of being a leader within the community because of his wife's having everything together, because he can trust her. And it, it reminds me, how many of you guys remember the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? You guys remember? That was a fun movie, right? There's that one scene, remember, where the daughter is talking to her mom, and she's like, listen, your dad may be the head, but the mom is the neck. Right? The idea that the head is the head, but the neck can move the head wherever it wants. That's what this verse is talking about. Really, you didn't expect me to say that. But really what it's saying is that when a man, in this case, when a man has a godly wife, right, he will be elevated in his community because he can be somebody who is involved in all these things because his wife takes care of the things that are within her purview. And what you find, and anyone who's married, you realize this, your spouse either builds you up and helps you succeed or they tear you down and keep you from what God wants in your life. Now, right as I say that, all sorts of things fire in people's hearts. The key is, is if you're married, how are you doing at this? Not, I sure hope my spouse heard that. Because it, see, and I believe this is one of the ways that Satan gets into marriages in the 21st century. Because you forget that you're a team and you either win as a team and you lose as a team. See, our culture is individualistic. So you have the tendency, well, if I win and I do it at the expense of my spouse, then I win. No, if you win and your spouse is diminished, you lose. You lose. You're together. See, and as this woman, this biblical woman is doing all that's in front of her, her husband now takes a place amongst the elders of the city as somebody of influence because she's, and I think that in our culture, that goes both ways. If you are in a family where your wife works outside of the home, then husbands, you have that responsibility. And you do that together. I find it with Lynn doing women's ministry now. That because now she's serving in ministry here at Crossroads and in a leadership capacity, I have to adjust some things so that she can have the fullness of the impact that God wants to have through her life. And I have to make sure that I make sure that I care for her and I take care of things. And on Tuesday night, you know, when I come home, I'm like, she just hands me the kids, she gives me a kiss, and I just take the kids. She doesn't need to know anything about what's going on. Not sure I just pump them full of sugar and everything. That's dad's job. You know what I mean? But it's like I take care of that stuff so that she can maximize the impact that God wants through her life. So you see how that works? So he's elevated in the community because of his wife's wisdom. Not only that, we get back in verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies sashes for the merchants. I like this. This woman isn't only like, I have my own little small business here in Clark County. She's like, man, I got me a global merchandise business. She's supplying, she's got distribution going on here. She's like, she's got, she's got a great business model going here. But notice, strength and honor are her clothing. Verse 25, she shall rejoice in time to come. Jesus is real. 
industriousness, business sense, strength, wisdom. We heard so many qualities described in Proverbs about a righteous woman. While none of us is perfect in every regard, this was a great reminder of the rewards in allowing Jesus to work in our lives. We're confident that today's message has blessed and encouraged you. Jesus is Real Radio is impacting communities all over the United States. It's even reaching those in prison. It's a wonderful ministry that you can be a part of. We'd like to invite you to partner with us. Through the month of April, we're encouraging you to pray about financially supporting Jesus is Real Radio. Your financial support helps us continue and expand the mission of proclaiming that Jesus is real. This month, we'd like to say thank you for supporting Jesus is Real Radio by sending you a Jesus is Real Radio coffee mug. Every morning when you fill up to start the day, you'll be reminded to pray for the team here at Jesus is Real Radio. Check out JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. There you'll find an option to make your donation and receive your Jesus is Real Radio coffee mug. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel talks about the tough decisions we make in order to let God do His work. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices in the short term to see long-term benefits. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is Real Radio.